Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey y'all, welcome to the fourth episode in our January bonus series uh, called New Year, Same You. And I wanted to invite Nicole Eunice on this series because she has a book coming out in March. It's called Not What I Signed Up For. And let me just tell you, I'm confident that there are some of you that are listening that are coming into 2024, not excited. You are in a season of pain, a season of trauma. You're in a season that you didn't ask for, a season that you didn't plan. You're not where you thought you would be. And that has been a part of all of our stories. There's no one alive that has not been in a season of struggle like that and pain. And so I wanted her to talk about what does it look like for us to walk into this year, even in the midst of struggle and pain and hardship, and move forward and trust God in the midst of that. This is a podcast that you're going to want to pause and take notes. She has great, great information here. And you guys, her book, Not What I Signed Up For, I'm going to recommend highly that you go pre-order it. Like I said, it comes out in March, but pre-order it. So when March 19 shows up, it's on your doorstep and you're like, look at this little gift to myself. You guys, as we finish off this series. Um, New Year, Same You. We had Elisa Keaton, Chelsea Sobolik, Rachel Cruz, and then Nicole Eunice today. I also want to remind you about Dwell Differently. It's a Bible memorization tool. And I think that their January verse is really, really, really um, valuable for all of us this January, and especially in the conversation that I have today with Nicole. It comes from Romans 12, 12, and it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Dwell Differently wants to help you memorize scripture. And so they have a whole membership that you can sign up for and go to dwelldifferently.com. Use the code Jamie for your first month free. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Nicole. And I'm going to read a little bit from my new book at the end of our conversation. So stick around and you can hear some from my book. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy and happy 2024. Here we are. Can you believe it? I remember when it was 2000. <laughs> I'm so old. Okay. The other day I saw this meme. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram or whatever. And it was like a little email, not a little, it was an email that a student had sent their professor. And the student was like, hey, I found this research. And I'm wondering if I can use it. It's from the late 1900s. <laughs> I was like, dead. I, I was like, it. oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow, the late 1900s. Okay, tell uh, me if you remember yeah. this too. We were we had some a young one over the other day, and we were telling them how Aaron and I started dating December of 1999. You remember Y2K? Well, I was going to say I was singing 1999, the Prince song, and I was like, I was singing this song before 1999 was like even a thought, and <laughs> totally. now it's like a vintage song. Vintage. <laughs> a vintage we're so year vintage <laughs> of the ye old years of yes, I do remember. I was a very young 20s in the Y2K land, and it was hilarious. Like, remember, I, we were it was like, everything, the world's going to end. Like, get yes. canned goods. Yes. We were <laughs> explaining to this person, and he is probably 24, and he was like, wait, why do people think of the world? Like, he couldn't even fathom, like, why people, and I was like, 
Well, because our clocks and the internet and and all the things, the zeros like, no and the ones, the zeros, are blow up. <laughs> yes. Oh and he's gosh. like, it doesn't even make sense. I'm like, I know it doesn't make sense now, but it was very very scary in 1999 very for all scary. of us. Very scary. Now that we've appropriately aged ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Welcome to Women in Their 40s, the podcast. Right. <laughs> um, well, I'm always happy to talk with you, and you have um, a book coming out in March called Not What I Signed Up For, and mm. this is. Uh, the last episode in a four-part series uh, in January called mm. New Year, Same You. Mm. And I think I know that there are a lot of people, not I think I know, there are most definitely a lot of people heading into 2024. They're not bright-eyed. They're not excited. Mm-hmm. They literally are in the middle of tragedy or yeah. whatever. They're just in the middle of a season of life that they could have never imagined. Mm. And so I think I want that person to know that you and I, are not um, naive about this, and yeah. this is not something we've never experienced. But I would like to start with asking you, where did this book come from for you? Mm. Like, this yeah. has to be personal. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely, it better be personal or I shouldn't be writing it. Let's just start with that. Like, don't read people who <laughs> haven't struggled. Yeah, um, yeah. so I, you know, it, like many of us, I went through a season of like a lot of turbulence and upheaval kind of in the the pandemic realm. But actually, my life had started changing before that. And I made a commitment pretty early on. It's one of those things, I think many people have these where you sort of make an agreement or commitment to yourself. You don't even know how it's going to be important later in your life. But I have Mm. a very distinct memory of really wanting to commit to being available to my kids as teenagers. I remember being in my 20s in student ministry and thinking to myself, this is true. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about women in the workforce coming home like Mm. from leadership positions so that they could raise their teenagers. And I remember thinking, this is really important. Well, that was not a decision it was easy for me to make for myself. I feel like God like reminded me that I had made a promise and life got really difficult in a lot of different ways. And I ended up stepping out of full-time ministry and um, not knowing what I was stepping into. And that's always tough. You know, I was thinking about that today, like a lot of us, I think we enter into a new season and we want God to provide a map and a guide and like a warm place to sleep, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt like God gave me an eviction notice and like a pack of fruit snacks. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like any sense of what would come next. And that was only the tipping, like that was really truly only the beginning of what ended up being upheaval in our church life, our friend group, or even our home, we ended up moving. Mm. So it was just a series of events um, that were all like culminating in this sense of, and not what I signed up for season, where I just felt like I really was like, God, this isn't what I thought. Mm. Like, I didn't think obedience would lead to this. Mm-hmm. And to me, I define a not what I signed up for season as anything that we enter into with an uncertain outcome and an unknown timeline. And there's something about Mm. (laughs) where you don't know where something's going or like something really hard has come to you. Like Mm -hmm. let's talk about relational fracturing. You know, if you've experienced a divorce, if you've experienced a trauma in your family or even, you know, in your friend Mm -hmm. circle and you're like, I didn't know this was going to happen and I don't know when it's going to feel better. And I don't, I don't have any sense of when Mm. I'm going to come through this season. And I have always been really drawn to the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And I had taught through that before. And God really aligned like, hey, this is your life. And this story um, is so full of 
like emotional depth. And a lot of people only read it as a hero story mm -hmm. or a Disney movie or whatever. And if you really dive into it, there's just, there's tons in it about what does it look like to really navigate an unexpected yeah. season, which Joseph had. Um, and what about all the emotional complexity and nuance mm. of a season like that? So Joseph is our guide through this book. And I tell a lot of my story as well, and hopefully provide encouragement for anyone who can relate to that phrase. Yeah. Well, I'm relating. I've got tears in my eyes, if you can see, because even just you talking about uh, being in a season where, what were the two things you said that you don't know how long you're going to be so there? So like, like an unsure outcome and an unknown timeline. Like Those are like my worst nightmares, you know, because you're like, <laughs> I am a control freak and I'm yeah. a planner and, yeah. you know, like I, I'm already planning like a vacation for when I turn 50. Like, I just want to know what's happening in my mm -hmm. life. And there was a season that I went into a new year. I just, it came to my mind because here we are in a new year. We're the middle of December to the middle of January. We're just the worst. It was the worst. Mm. It was the absolute worst. And I remember coming into a new year, just going, I don't know what this year is going to hold because it's mm. starting off pretty crappy. And, yeah. um, I think that's a lot. So I, I'm, I'm really grateful for this message that you have in Joseph. And so I just want to ask you this as someone is heading into the new year. Mm -hmm. And they do have that. I don't know how long this mm -hmm. is going to last. I don't know what this is going to be like. What is your encouragement for just one foot in front of the other, waking up every single day? Because you and I both know some days those are the hardest things is just getting mm. out of the bed. And so what is Absolutely. your encouragement to them as they're in the middle of that season? Yeah. I mean, thanks for saying that, Jamie. And I just too, like my heart is so full because I do, it was, it's interesting to me, God's timing. Like I really completed this manuscript in a time where it was all still undone mm. and so much has been restored since then. But it was like God's obedience was like, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to write this thing without an ending. Knowing the because ending. nobody needs an ending. <laughs> like, cause that's not actually what it's about. It's not mm -hmm. about an ending. Like, yeah. and so many of us are looking for that. Right. And, and it's almost, if we had that, you know, to our friends out there who are waking up today and thinking, man, I, I, I feel like I'm in exactly the same place or a worse place mm -hmm. than I was last year. You know, we think that, oh, if I knew when it was going to end, I'd be okay today. But I think God's invitation is like, he can make us okay today, even without mm -hmm. knowing the end. That is really the story of Joseph. But the number one encouragement that I give in this book, especially at the very beginning is to be gentle. Like, what would it look like to be gentle with yourself? Now, I'm mm -hmm. not saying to be self-serving or pitying, but gentle is different. Yeah. Gentle says, um, I'm in a place where there's a little bit of fragility and I'm willing to allow myself to need things in a certain way or to say no to things mm -hmm. or to protect things to allow myself to be in a gentle season. Um, and the number one practice that I, that I really took on in this time and provided this like as sort of a pre-order like, um, activity as well was, um, writing notes to myself. So oh. really journaling. And I, I took this from Henry Nowen, who writes mm -hmm. this way um, in one of his books. And really the idea is like, what would God be saying to you right now? You know, mm -hmm. and I had this list of like topics and there was like unforgiveness and injustice and resentment and, you know, sadness and rejection. And I would just like take that word and bring it to the Lord and be like, what would God say to me right now? Mm -hmm. Like if he was going to, if I was hearing a gentle voice talking about this topic, what would he say? And I just sort of wrote my way through that season. And that sounds very <laughs> poetic right now. It was not poetic. This yeah. is me like under a weighted blanket, like yeah. crying, you know, and maybe writing a paragraph once a week or something. Yeah. But I look back on that and it's like a, a testimony to the kinds of 
treasures that God can sort of reap in our spirit that I just don't think are are Mm. found any other way. It's never what I would sign up for. And I would never do that. But when I look Mm -hmm. back on it, I'm like, oh, these are the kind of treasures that only come through these kind of difficulties. Um, And that doesn't mean God forces these things upon us. It just means that he doesn't waste them. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people over the years and a lot of hard stories I've heard and listened to. And what you just said is true 100% of mm-hmm. my guests of saying, if they're talking to me about a season they went through, like, for example, what you just said with your season and uh, God not wasting it, they've all 100% of the time said, I would never want to do that again. I would never sign up for that. Never. Mm-hmm. But I see benefits in my life that couldn't have been here without it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just one of the most like craziest thing about our faith. And to me, I hold, there's a lot of tension there because I don't want to go through the fire ever. Yeah. Like I'm never signing up for the fire, but I want the refinement. And yes. so it's like this tension of like, God refine me, but can we do it on my terms and my way, <laughs> on my schedule? Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really hard. And um, I have a friend who just told me that she did this, Nicole. It's not like writing notes to herself, but I never heard of this before. On New Year's Day, she's I'm in this group text with her, and she said that New Year's Day of 2023, she wrote an email to herself and scheduled it to arrive on New Year's Day of oh 2024. Gosh. I love that. Isn't that amazing? So it's not the same as what you said, but she said she reminded herself of a lot Mm -hmm. of things that were true. And Mm -hmm. so I just think reminding ourselves of what is true is something that I struggle with and can get kind of down in. And so that Mm -hmm. I love that idea of writing, writing it out and do what you're doing. You know, a lot of times when the ending is unknown, like you mentioned, and it feels very scary, um, there is this tendency for us to feel like God is absent. Like, where is God? Like, I don't feel him. Like, I just, everything feels bad. And I Mm. always like to say, like, um, hard doesn't equal bad. Hard is hard, you know? But what do you say to people when they're like, I just don't know where God is Mm. in this. He feels absent from my life right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love that there is no, like, there are no God sightings in the story of Joseph. There's Mm. Joseph claiming his faith. Like he does that clearly. And there's people who would like not even be people who follow God who Mm -hmm. are also seeing God in Joseph. Like that's the only way God shows up. There's not like God comes to Joseph in a dream. None of those things happen. Mm -hmm. And I actually really like that because it feels real. Um, Mm -hmm. and it gives us like a place to turn and say like, oh, like, I mean, it doesn't mean that God didn't speak to Joseph, but for in God's purposes, he does not include that in the story. Right. So there is this sense. And, you know, I do like to say to folks, um, what does it look like to also trust the opportunities right now? Mm -hmm. Like, because of course we need to be gentle with ourselves. Of course it's hard, but sometimes we can be so caught up in the hard that we can miss that God is showing up through opportunities and through moments that we wouldn't choose. It might not be Mm. the relationships we want. It might not be the opportunities we want, but what if he's there anyway? Because so much of my story, uh, so much of the people that I I spoke with a lot of women before I wrote this book, I had several focus groups and people on retreats because I just was like, hey, I'm going to say not what I send up for to you. And if you want to tell me what that means to you, like come talk to me. And over and over again, it was the same thing you said, Jamie. It was all of these women saying, I would never sign up for this season, but what I learned that I wouldn't learn any other way is trust, trust, Mm. trust. Like the big thing was I learned to trust God. I learned to trust in God. And one of those things was the ability to look back and say, there were opportunities that came to me in that time, whether it was the way I served, the way I cared, the way I showed up, the story I told. 
that now looking back, I see that God was moving me towards something mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that thing was. I just showed up for the life that I had. And yeah. there's something about that that I think can bring a little bit of agency back to a season where we feel really very easy to feel victimized, very easy to feel sort of like I have no control. Mm-hmm. I have nothing I have to offer. And the story of Joseph is he showed up as a slave in Potiphar's house and led. Then he showed up as a prisoner and led in the prison, which is what prepared him to lead mm-hmm. in Egypt. Like yeah. a lot of times we don't think through like, oh, wait a second. He actually was in training. Right. He was in training for like 15 years to be prepared to do something that he would have never known he was going to do. Like, right. But those things mattered to mm-hmm. the story and what was going to happen. And I, I really believe that to be true for all of us, even if you're whatever housebound or just you, you're thinking, I have nothing to give right now. You are probably giving more when you just show up for your life than you can even imagine yeah. just by being you and just by continuing to even follow mm-hmm. God. Like that alone can be something that is a light to others that you don't even know about. Yeah. And his training was hard and it was never what he would have chosen. No. It, it just, none of it made sense. And I think sometimes I look at my life or other people look at their life and goes, it just doesn't make sense what's happening. Whether that yeah, be good or literally. bad, you're like, this doesn't make yeah. sense. Like, why is yeah. this happening to me? Yeah, exactly. But <sighs> I mean, how could how can we live a life of faith unless it sometimes doesn't make sense? Right. I mean, if it makes sense, what is it? It's not a life of faith. It's a life I designed. Like, I oh, don't take faith to follow my designed life. <laughs> that is so true. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't take faith to follow my design life. It does not. But I want to follow my design life because in my brain, it's so much better. But it's it's not. I mean, it's it's literally why I get teary-eyed when I talk about this because Mm -hmm. I think, man, I've been through some hard things that I wish Mm -hmm. didn't have to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I'm better on the other side of them for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's not just the things from your 20s. You know, like I think a lot of us are like, I was young and then, but I'm like, no, it keeps going. Like it keeps going. We keep going through things. And of course, you and I don't share everything that we're going through in every every detail of the thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you haven't, we don't all have to have the same circumstances, but in order to to lead in any way, uh, in a way that's compassionate through suffering, you have to go through it. Like mm-hmm. that's just, it's such a trite pass, like totally. saying, but it's true. I don't have to go through exactly what my friend's going through, but I need to know what it does feel like to feel alone, to feel isolated, to feel like an unexpected mm-hmm. circumstance is like in my way or like my life makes no sense at all. If I've never felt any of those things, right. like how in the world can I be compassionate and caring yeah. and lead anyone anywhere? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's always really stuck with me, even even when things, and this is the one that's the hardest, Jamie, for me, is all of these seasons last longer than we want them to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always like, hey, if the season you're in, if you could just like double it and add four months, would you be okay? Like, can you trust mm-hmm. God if it's yeah. twice as long in four months than yeah. you think? It's kind of mm-hmm. like a house renovation. <laughs> Never <laughs> yeah, finishes on time exactly. or on budget. And yeah. like, you know, that's the hardest thing. I remember meeting with my spiritual director and being like, I am literally just so tired of crying. Like, I can't mm. cry anymore. <laughs> why? And I was like to her, why am I still crying? I'm still crying. Right. And she was, of course, is amazing and dear. And, you know, I've been on her side of things and yeah. I've said the same things to people. Right. But when you're the one who's like literally still crying, you're like, I am tired of grieving yep. about this. Like, I don't totally. want to do this anymore. Totally. But we have to go through it. You know, I also think about people who are listening and 
by the grace of God, they're in a season that feels it feels easy right now, and it yeah. feels like there's 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 no fires burning, and everyone feels happy and all the things. And we've been there as well. Like you know, there's a great yeah. seasons as well. And I have been alive long enough to know that they don't last <laughs> forever. And I don't say that to be like Debbie Downer. I just say I always feel like you're either like coming. You're in a storm. You just you're soaking wet after one, or the storm's mm-hmm. on the horizon. Like it's yeah. just life, you know. Yeah. And so, as I think through 2024, there are going to be people who are listening to this who are going to walk through the impossible this year, mm-hmm. and they don't even know it, mm-hmm. and they're going to experience the impossible. And that too makes me just emotional because it feels it feels scary to know yeah. that life is hard. You know, there's just we never know what's on the other mm-hmm. on the other the, the day that waits us. So, talk to those people who really feel right now like, man, I feel like I'm in a good spot and mm. not as a discouragement by any means. But oh, just yeah. as I mean, I'm, I'm a realist. That's that's where I like to live. I like to live in reality. And reality is that the odds are against us um, in having an easy life. And so what is your encouragement to, to, to those of them listening? Yeah. I mean, I think that first of all, when we're in that season, like we need to embrace it, like just live into the fullness of the goodness of it and not in a prideful way or in a way that keeps you far from God, but in a way that draws you closer right to God and Mm -hmm. to just cherish whatever that is. And I think when we are in that place, I do think we have more relational if we've got more of that relational capacity, mm. we should steward that wi- wisely. And, um, you know, I don't know what that looks like in your life, but it, the reality is it takes creative and relational capacity to even do things to create spaces to care for mm-hmm. people. So if you're in a great season, like, don't wait for someone to invite you over. Like, yeah. please invite them over. Like, <laughs> don't wait for somebody to plan someone's baby shower. You plan the baby shower. Like, yeah. just take the take the moment and realize there's going to be a time where you're not going to be in this mm. place again anymore. Like something will change in life where you no longer have that. I'm praise God, just coming back into some of that. And I'm feeling my creative relational juices come back. And I'm like, Hey, we should have a big family dinner. We should do it on (laughs) Monday nights. Like let's invite our friends. And I wasn't in that season for so long and it's coming back to me and I'm feeling like, Oh, it's my, this is not just a privilege. It's also a responsibility Mm. because this capacity changes. It's not always the same. So good. So if you have it, take it and don't mm. shame anyone else for not having it. Just you do your part, like take your extra capacity and use it and, and use it on behalf of those around you who are not in that moment right now. That is such good advice to really look at your world and say the capacity that I have, if it is great, make it for good, make it, use it for good. Yeah. I love that because don't be somebody afraid to go else- back to the kids nursery, everybody. Like they always need help. They always need help. Like, just like if you know you've got a little extra to give, or you Mm -hmm. just are like, man, my life, like things are great. Like, don't fill your life just with your kids' sports tournaments. Don't, don't fill your life with just your coworkers or, or ask God, like, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what adventure am I on? Who are you calling me to? I have a little, I'm, I'm amazed. When a when a clear and detailed invitation is extended, I am amazed at the the accuracy of yes. Like the number of people I know in my life, I just reached out to my high school best friend who I know is in a hard season, and I'm like, hey, do you want to like set up a phone call once a month? We literally mm. haven't talked in like ten years, and she was like, yes, like immediately. I'm like, it's never like most of the time people are interested in connecting and being and giving and feeling like they're connected. So if we have that, I do think we should give it because you won't always have it. I love that. Have you guys already started your phone call dates? We just started texting. Okay. So 
<laughs> but I just like, God just brought back a memory from high school. We used to laugh so much. Uh-huh. And I remembered like a phrase and a moment from high school, like just as I was walking into this room to podcast with you. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to text her like and re- remind her of this funny moment. Like it's I love so it fun. so much, so much. Well, I think that is a really great piece of advice. And it's really encouraging to me as well of like, what is my capacity? How can mm-hmm. I use that? Because mm-hmm. I too am coming out of a season of like, I just don't know that I have the energy to do something like that. Yeah. And that's really, really encouraging. Um, Nicole, I love this so much. Uh, Not what I signed up for. And everyone that's listening right now can think of something in their life right now that they're going through that they don't see when it's going to end. They don't know how it's going to going to end up. And, and the thing is, you would probably say this as well. There's no guarantee that it's just ending up how you want it to end up. Like that, I think that's a thing we have to realize as well. It's like, this does not go along our plans. Like this is well, and that's what we, I mean, that's where we're following the story of Joseph. Like we, we follow it pretty closely in the book and like, there is a good, there is a moment where I'm like, this guy's is the game changer. Like understanding this about Joseph's life is the game changer. It is not when he, it's not the end of the story. It's in the middle of the story. And we get into a little bit of like why I think that's where the story resolves. The story resolves, I believe in Joseph way before it actually resolves. Well, tell us. It never needed to resolve. What I can't do you tell want? you if you go read the Bible story. I was like, <laughs> come read the book. But I'm like, or just read Genesis. But no, I mean, I just think in order for him to do and be what he did, like to forgive, to reconcile, to restore, all of that work had been done in his heart in advance. Mm, it didn't yeah. like happen. In it that didn't moment. show up right there when his brother no. showed up. No, of absolutely not. not. Yeah. And there's a way he names his boys mm. that sort of speaks to a surrendered spirit, like of like acceptance. Mm. And that's so far before anything resolves. Mm. So I'm like, what, what is it like to be a person like that? Who's able to be in a place of acceptance and surrender way before anything resolves. And maybe it won't resolve. Maybe it won't. And that's not actually the point. And that's, what's so fascinating to me about this particular story. I love that because so many times I've seen people use Joseph and be like, but look what happens. Like he was faithful and look what happened. And Mm -hmm. I just felt a lot of times like, that's not how my story, I've been faithful and it hasn't ended up the way I wanted. And I love that, that it's about more of our heart and our relationship with the Lord as well. Okay. You guys, you can get this book wherever you buy books. It comes out March, so you can pre-order it. And, um, I say it all the time. If you if you know you're going to get it, go ahead and pre-order it because it just matters. If you matters. love us, you will pre-order If you pre-order. love us, you will pre-order <laughs> it. <laughs> but we do, honestly, like it's nice to be on early because that journal, like that extra journal I wrote with like some of those prayers actually from that season are in this journal. That's for our, that's our little pre-order bonus. Oh, so, yeah, tell me. So go. if you pre-order, then what do you mm-hmm. do? So you just go to NicoleUnis.com, not what I signed up for, and then you can put in your order number. And then about a month before the book comes out, we'll send you the audiobook and we'll send you this journal. So. I love it. Do you read your audiobook? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I know. Okay, guys, we'll put it all in the show notes, just like uh, we always do. Nicole, thank you so much Thanks, for coming Jamie. on the happy hour. It's just delightful. Appreciate you. You guys, it's so funny as I'm interviewing people and I'm listening to where they're passionate about, what God has shown them, what God has taught them. And so many times I think to myself, yes, 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 me too. I get that. I understand that. I wrote about that. And I tell Lauren McAfee is on the show in a couple of weeks and her and her husband, Michael, wrote a book called Beyond Our Control, Let Go of Unmet Expectations, Overcome Anxiety and Discover Intimacy with God. Anyhow, she's on the show in a couple of weeks. And I was telling her when I interviewed her that as I was listening to their book, there were so many things in the book that I was like, yes, yes, yes. I would have quoted you in my book. And what I'm trying to say is when I see a lot of people writing about the same thing, I start to think, God, you are, you're putting this on our hearts and there's a felt need here. 
And I think about that a lot when I have interviews and I talk to people and a lot of the things they're saying are things that I'm also reading about and researching and writing about. And so as Nicole and I were talking today, I thought a lot about a chapter in my book. It's actually chapter four and it's called Be Kind to Yourself. And we talked about that a little bit today, but I want to read a little bit from my book. This is in a section called For Our Good. So here's story time with Jamie again. Here we go. I know in my heart that God uses all things for His glory, and I truly believe that He uses all things for our good, which is from a verse in the Bible, Romans 8.28. But in my few decades of life, I've endured some truly hard times. There's been pain I'd never want to revisit, sorrow I'd never wish on anyone, uncomfortable seasons in life and ministry, painful seasons of disconnect in my marriage, hard moments of parenting I want to put behind me for good, decisions about work that made me regret being in charge, I once had Beth Moore on my podcast, and we talked about this exact thing. Beth made a bold statement that I've yet to forget. She said, it is rarely under comfortable conditions that will bear a lot of fruit. Jesus talked about this in one of my favorite sections of scripture, John 15, one through five, it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are a clean... Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's from John 15, 1-5. Did you catch that slightly painful part? God the Father often prunes us so that we may bear even more fruit. In a vineyard, a vine grows grapes only when it's under stress. In non-stressful situations, there's just a vine full of leaves. They have no needs for grapes, so they just grow ginormous green leafy vines, which might look beautiful, but they produce zero fruit. The people Jesus was speaking to would have been very familiar with the vineyard language. They would have seen vineyards around them. Some of them might have even grown grapes themselves, and most of them would have been familiar with the way the Old Testament scriptures frequently use the vineyard or vine as a symbol for Israel. By comparing us to branches, Jesus is letting us in on an uncomfortable truth. In seasons of pruning, He is cutting something away to produce something in us that couldn't have been produced otherwise. There is fruit from the drought. There is fruit from the pain. There is fruit from the circumstances you didn't ask for. The moments of hurt, the things we endure, the painful years in our lives, and all of the sorrow, grief, and loss are not wasted. Beth said it best in that interview, all of it to the last inch of it mattered. You guys, that is something that is hard for me because it's hard to think that these hard things are going to matter and that God's going to use them for our good. But just like Nicole said, that's what faith is. It's believing in something that's out of our control. You could go pre-order both of our books as I'm doing a little infomercial push. Uh, My book comes out February 13th, and I really believe in the message of this book and think there's something valuable in there for all of us because all of us feel like we just can't get it together sometimes. And side note, we can and we can't. It's kind of it's kind of tricky, yes and no. Uh, but what I do want us to do is to kick all those unrealistic expectations to the curb and rest in God's truth. Go to jamieivy.com slash read, and you can find out more information about this book. As usual, everything we talk about is in the show notes. Go to jamieivy.com slash show notes. Guys, thanks for listening. Next week on the show, Laura Story joins us. And Laura went through uh, a really difficult time uh, early in her marriage when her husband uh, got sick. And she talks about that story. And it just goes right along with what we talked about today. So I think you're going to enjoy it. I'll see you next week on The Happy Hour with Laura Story.
The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com.